Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're someone who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, certified life and weight mindset coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi, everyone, and a very warm welcome to podcast episode number 224, Why Am I Not Doing It? So I just want to say a quick thank you for being here today. If you are a regular podcast listener and find what I share here on the podcast useful and helpful, then I would be incredibly grateful if you could just take a minute and rate and review the podcast on Apple or rate the podcast on Spotify. The more positive ratings and reviews we get, the easier it is for people wanting weight loss support to find this podcast. Okay, thank you so much. Um, Also, before I dive into the crux of what I'm talking about today, I just wanted to share that yesterday I went with my husband to see a specialist in London for his um, type 1 diabetes. And on the wall of the clinic, it said, if I knew I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of my health. And I think that's such a great quote. It wasn't attributed to anyone, but I did Google it quickly. And it seems that there are a number of people who could have said it initially, but an early version of that quote initially appeared in a newspaper written by columnist Billy Noonan back in 1951. But I just encourage you to take a moment and pause and reflect that it's highly possible and very likely that you have a lot more of life left to live. Depending on how old you are, you maybe have 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or more years And my thought, at least right now, is that that's a long time. And for the longer we live for, the more we will be grateful to our current selves for taking care of our emotional and physical health and well-being. And of course, it's not just about the longevity of our life, but also the quality of it. It's not so much for me about wanting to be healthy so that I can live longer, although I have to say, as I say that, it's a huge part of it. But it's also about living the second half of my life, as I like to think of it. I'm 50 next year. I want to think about living the second half of my life as having the best quality of life that I can because I'm as emotionally and physically healthy as I can be. And there's a lot of opportunity for improvement, even though things are massively different now than they were when I was morbidly obese. And I find things easier and more enjoyable. And I'm getting so many benefits from that. I've got a long way to go to get myself where I want to be, but I'm determined to enjoy the journey to optimal health. I also realize I talk a lot about losing weight and getting healthy, as if the two are directly proportional. So I just want to sort of dive into that a little bit today as well, before I talk about most of what I'm talking about today. So I just want to clarify a few things that I choose to think and therefore believe about the correlation between weight and health. Number one, you can't determine the health of a person by their size or weight. Someone can be a normal weight range on the BMI chart. And yes, plenty of reasons why that's flawed. But just bear with me for a moment. I'm just using it as a reference point here. There are plenty of reasons why someone can be a normal weight range on the BMI chart and still have chronic conditions often related to obesity, such as type 2 diabetes and heart disease. Conversely, you can be obese and not be metabolically unhealthy. And by that, I mean not have things like insulin resistance and being on a path towards type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure or high cholesterol or other contributors 
contributing factors towards heart disease. And at the same time, statistically, if you are overweight, obese or morbidly obese, you are statistically more likely to develop heart disease, type 2 diabetes and certain types of cancer. Another point I want to make, I also believe choosing to lose weight because you want to decrease your health risks and feel healthier in the here and now and potentially be more active and healthy in your later years and live longer is a great reason for wanting to lose weight. I think a better, in inverted commas, reason than wanting to lose weight because you don't like yourself and you're unhappy at the weight that you are. And when I say a better reason, I mean one that is more likely to help you achieve the results that you want and lose weight in a sustainable way whilst learning the tools to help you manage your weight for life. So I'm going to continue to talk about losing weight and improving health in general terms together because I think it's more useful to do that than to not do that. But I just sort of wanted to mention those caveats there. Okay, so back to the quote. If I knew I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of my health. What we're exploring in this podcast episode is why don't we take better care of ourselves? Why don't we lose weight? Why don't we build our days around movement and exercise and doing things to help our emotional and physical well-being? Have you ever asked yourself, why aren't you doing it? And I say it in inverted commas, whatever the it is. Now, for the purpose of this podcast episode, the it in inverted commas is going to be embracing a sustainable approach to weight loss. So figuring out how to lose weight in a way that feels easy or easy-ish to you via an approach that has you learning tools and skills to help you manage your weight loss for life. The it part of this is pretty important. When you think of losing weight in relation to the question, why aren't you doing it? What is your definition of the it? Is it losing two pounds a week? That's what mine would have been, I don't know, a decade or more ago. Is it, in inverting commas, getting to your goal weight in three months time or in time for a family wedding or other event. What is the it? I just want you to pause and decide and consciously choose it for yourself because a decade or more ago the it for me would have looked like pushing myself to restrict what I ate in a way that felt pretty awful because that's what I believed had to be done in order to lose weight. Something else to consider and you may well have heard me say this before But are you telling yourself that you're not doing what you should, in inverted commas, or need, in inverted commas, to do what you want to do? Okay, this also makes a big difference. Say, for example, your default reference thought about this is I need to lose weight. Emphasis on the word need or I should lose weight. Emphasis on the word should. Okay, if you're not driving, just pause this podcast. Pause the podcast right now. When I finish this sentence, close your eyes, take a couple of deep breaths and then say to yourself, I need to lose weight and notice how it feels. Feel that thought, that sentence in your mind, in your body. Then do the same with the sentence, I should lose weight and see how that feels. And then do the same with the sentence, I want, the emphasis on the word want to lose weight and see how that feels. These thoughts, sentences in our mind, create feelings which are vibrations in our body. Just changing a word in a sentence can change the vibration in your body that you feel in response to that sentence in your mind. So you may notice that thinking I need to lose weight creates a feeling of pressure or daunted. Whereas thinking I should lose weight creates a feeling of resignation or avoidance or forbearance, okay? Whereas thinking I want to lose weight creates a feeling of being inclined or of wanting. 
Now, for some of you, the sentence, I want to lose weight, may have felt a little jarring. It might not have sat right with you when you tried it on, when you said it to yourself. When you noticed maybe that it didn't feel quite right in your body, it will be because there is a belief or a part of you that just does not want to lose weight. And if this is what came up for you, then you're going to want to do the work of figuring out why, why that is, why it is you don't want to lose weight before you do anything else at all around working at losing weight, because you're going to be getting in your way and blocking yourself if you don't figure out and explore and help yourself see what's going on there. So I really encourage you to do this work of changing and experimenting with and playing around with changing just a single word in a sentence to see how it can create a different feeling in your body because it's incredibly powerful and shows you the capability your mind has to influence how you feel. Okay, so moving on then, what I want you to know is that the reason you're not doing it, whatever the it is that you want to do, is because of what you're thinking and feeling in relation to doing it and not doing it, okay? So when I talk about doing it and not doing it, the things, an example would be cutting back on ultra-processed food or walking 10,000 steps per day when the it is sustainable weight loss. And next, I want to talk around the common themes that show up when it comes to the reasons why we're not doing it when it comes to weight loss. And I'm going to address five here. The first one is the reason you're not doing it is because you don't want to feel deprived or miserable. Some of you will believe that eating in a way that is required for you to lose weight is depriving or miserable or some other version of that. You likely have a lot of evidence supporting this way of thinking because that's how you felt when you've done diets in the past. When something like this, this fear or avoidance of feeling negative emotion, in this case deprivation and misery, exists, it's often the reason why we're not doing it. Because even though we may tell ourselves we can push through and be focused and determined and use willpower, all of those forceful type emotions, disciplined is another one we often refer to, When we do that, we put ourselves into battle with ourselves and the inner conflict we create is draining. And we use up all of our energy and have nothing left for doing the things that are required and correlate to us doing it, in this case, weight loss. Okay, so this resonates for you. You have two choices here. You can either change how you think about the changes you want to make in your life to create the weight loss that you want so that you are no longer thinking about them in a way that creates the feelings of deprivation or misery. That's number one, so you can change how you think about it. Or number two, you can choose to feel deprived and miserable. Even face, even embrace feeling deprived and miserable because you know it's going to get you what you ultimately want. So let's dig into both of these a little bit. Number one, changing how you think. Number two, embracing the negative emotion that you feel. Number one, when you feel deprived or miserable, you likely think it's the changes you make to how you eat that leave you feeling that way. Whereas in actual fact, it's how you think about the changes to how you eat that creates those feelings. Now, deciding to forego a regular afternoon snack or not eat dessert, for example, when out with friends, and maybe your friends are all having dessert, will only leave you feeling deprived and miserable when you think thoughts like, it's not fair, I can't have, I really want, and I can't have. If you genuinely decide, however, that you don't want them, you genuinely don't want them, because you're so looking forward to how great it's going to feel to weigh less and have a better health. If you think about it like that, then you won't feel deprived and miserable. Okay, so that's the first option, changing how you think. And the second one is choosing the negative emotion that comes up whilst you're working at losing weight because you know it's ultimately just a vibration in your body 
nothing has gone wrong, you can go out and feel a little deprived and still have a good time and the feeling will pass. And on the flip side, you might just feel proud and physically better at the end of the meal and even the next day as well. You're trading in negative feelings later, the regret and frustration that you might feel if you see again on the scales, for example, for negative feelings now, in the moment, a little bit of deprivation. I just want to say a bit more about the negative emotion that we experience generally when we're unhappy with our weight versus the negative emotion we experience generally whilst we're working at losing weight. So the negative emotion you feel when you're not doing it, in inverted commas, is a little bit like the frog in the slowly boiling water. I don't know if you've heard that analogy, analogy where if you put a frog in a, a cold saucepan of water and turn up the heat, the frog won't jump out of the water because the water is getting warmer and warmer so slowly the frog does not realise it's being boiled alive. It's not, very, not, not a very nice picture. Whereas if you were to put a frog in a boiling or a very hot saucepan of water, it would immediately jump out. Okay, so the negative emotion you feel when you're not doing this is a little bit like the frog in the slowly warming up, heating up water. It doesn't jump out. You don't move away from it. So whether you are steadily gaining weight or steadily not living as healthily as you could whilst you're overweight, the negative emotion you experience in relation to you being heavier than you want to be kind of feels normal. You've kind of accepted it. Even if you're incredibly unhappy and uncomfortable, you don't move away from that negative emotion and discomfort in the same way that the frog doesn't jump out of the pan of water that is slowly getting warmer on its way to boiling. Now, you can be sure if you were living in a thin body, a healthy weight body, however you want to think about it, and then suddenly woke up one morning to find yourself obese or morbidly obese, you would be sure, you would sure be compelled to do something about it. You're not just going to carry on. The discomfort you would feel would be far more than any concerns you had about it feeling hard or difficult or depriving to change the way that you were eating. You would notice it, it would be very, very apparent. But because weight gain happens slowly, often over many years and decades, we don't get a chance to notice and react to the discomfort of it, just as the frog doesn't notice the water slowly heating up. Now, I say this because the flip side is also true. You likely may not know how good it can feel to be the weight you want to be emotionally and physically. So I want you to see when it comes to negative emotion associated with weight loss, you can choose. You can choose to be unhappy and miserable, feeling a little bit deprived as you lose your weight, okay, on your way to being the weight that you want to be, or you can choose to be unhappy and miserable because you're unhappy with your weight and your health. Which do you want? Okay, if you're going to be unhappy and miserable regardless, do you want to embrace the unhappiness and misery and it doesn't have to be unhappy. You don't have to be unhappy and misery, as I just said, because you can change how you're thinking, but let's just go with this approach. Do you want to embrace the unhappiness and misery that comes with it being sometimes feeling hard or difficult to do the things that are necessary to lose weight or the unhappiness and misery that comes with being overweight? Either way, you can't escape negative emotion. But one way, one of the paths gives you a negative emotion and the results you want, and one of the paths gives you the negative emotion without having the result you want, okay? And I also want you to let, let you know a little secret as well. Once you are practiced at embracing the unhappiness and misery that comes with working at losing weight, instead of resisting it, it kind of disappears and you start to feel less unhappy, aka happier and less miserable about it, at least most of the time. The second point I wanted to make here is, as maybe a reason why you're not doing it, maybe you're feeling confused, okay? 
Maybe you're feeling confused or uncertain about the right approach to take. So you've maybe spent years or decades following the latest diet that promises to be the right, in inverted commas, one. And now, in addition to having new diets and ways of losing weight, there's also a movement towards a non-diet approach and more holistic and healthy eating. And you don't know which path to align yourself with. If you can relate to this, then I want you to know there is no right solution out there. Only the approach you choose that you make right for you. So first of all, if you decide to try something new or different, whether that's a diet approach or working with a nutritionist or even taking medication, know that it can be a win-win situation. Either it's something that aligns really well with what you want to do for life and you lose your weight and you learn how to manage your weight for life that way, or you learn why it's not the approach you want to be taking for life and learn from it and then use that knowledge and information towards guiding you towards what will be the right path, the good fit for you and your body and your life. And I appreciate that you might be very resistant to the idea of that, the idea of trial and error, because often we want our weight loss to be something that we can achieve as quickly as possible because we're desperate to feel better. And we know that losing, you know, we think losing a stone will create that for us. But what if we were to approach this from a bigger picture perspective and focusing not on how you feel for a fortnight, maybe in the sun in six weeks time, but how you feel for the last three decades, 30 years of your life? To me, one path looks like restrictive dieting for six weeks, feeling in conflict with yourself, unhappy because the weight isn't coming off quickly enough, feeling somewhat better when you go on holiday, deciding to treat yourself to all the things you've not been allowing yourself for the past six weeks, gaining the weight back whilst you're on holiday, and then feeling even more miserable after the holiday than you do right here, right now, in this moment. And then promising yourself next year will be different. Getting entrenched in life again for a few months, and then repeating the cycle when you're six weeks out from a formal Christmas party that you have to wear a dress to. Now, I don't know this scenario that I'm painting. It could just have been me. So this is me. This is what I was doing. This is me throughout my mid-20s to early 40s. I don't think it's just me, though. I think some of you listening will also relate to this. The alternative path is getting out of confusion by asking yourself how you want to eat for life. Yes, you know you will need to eat differently from how you're currently eating because how you're currently eating is creating your current weight. But what do you want your way of eating to look like for you? Do you want to look at how you're eating and make small incremental improvements? Or do you have a vision for what healthy weight eating looks like for you? And you just want to have a plan for how to get from where you are and how you're eating right now to where you want to be. A plan to get from A to B. I encourage you to think about this. Assume there is no right way. If you assume whichever path you take towards eating so that you can be the weight you want to be, what path would that be? Would it be less carbs? less saturated fats, less processed and refined foods, more vegetables, more whole grains, bigger meals with no snacks, smaller meals with between meal snacks. Start with believing the approach you want to take is the right one and then figure it out as you go. The approach will change over time as you learn what does and doesn't work. But as you notice what does and doesn't work, how you want to eat will shift in alignment with that. I work with so many women who are resistant to reducing refined carbs or not having refined carbs for breakfast, fully believing it's normal to eat toast at breakfast. And it is normal. But then maybe when they're considering what they want to change next, maybe they then feel ready to give up the toast or even the oats. Often we're told that oats are such a good thing to have for breakfast. Um, they're you know, willing to give them up and experiment maybe for a week to see how having something such as omelette with or scrambled eggs and avocado on rye 
what that might be like instead. I may maybe notice they're less hungry before lunch, they may be more energized, generally more focused. And after trying it for a week, they're sold, but they weren't ready to do that when they started out. You've got to stop looking out there for the solution and start focusing on what's going on within you and look inwards towards you in your body, in your mind, in your brain, with your emotions, in your relationship with food. Number three, maybe you don't believe you can keep the weight off once you lose it. This is another reason why we don't do it. It's because we don't actually believe that we can achieve the long-term results that we want. It's easier to not change than it is to change our primal brain, our default programming, our ways of thinking that are our belief. If you don't believe the effort and consideration and discomfort will be worth it because you don't believe it will create what you want, it's going to be very difficult to do it. Changing your approach to food, not only how you eat, but how you think about food and eating, how you feel in relation to food and eating, isn't like really, really easy. As I say that, I'm reminded of documentaries and stories about people who have terrible accidents and have to learn to walk again. It's a somewhat familiar story to us that we see that person learning to walk again as being incredibly difficult. Now imagine choosing to learn to walk again, okay, in in that way, if you had the option to just walk as you always had, okay? So how difficult would that be? That's essentially what you're doing when you're learning a different approach to eating. Yes, you want to learn the different approach, but it takes effort and time and practice. Because when it comes to our eating, we always have the easy option of going back to our old ways of eating at any time. And so we need to have persistence and we need to have a really strong belief that the effort will be worth it. If you resonate with this, I really want you to work on your belief. You have to seek out evidence for your brain that others have done it, that others have changed their relationship with food and learned to manage their weight for life. You have to seek out evidence for your brain that choosing this path to healthier weight eating is what you want by arguing the case against ultra-processed foods, arguing the case for losing weight, equating to better health statistics, throwing absolutely everything that you can at it to support the new way of thinking that will help you believe that life will be you know, easier, better, all of those things when you've lost your weight. And not only that, but you can absolutely 100% do it. You've got to position yourself as that legal person in a court of law, arguing the case to the jury that is your brain. Okay, number four, other things in your life are just more important right now. Other things in your life will always seem more important because the work that you do to change your relationship with food and lose weight, well, it's a bit intangible, isn't it? Yes, we know making healthier choices or eating less or finding different ways to feel better without turning to food is in the mix, but so is noticing how you think and feel. And doing that work is difficult to quantify and set time aside for um, and even have on our you know, to-do list to prioritize against other things. What if you just know that there will always be things your brain deems to be more urgent or more important and decide that everything you do towards losing weight and managing it for life can be done alongside everything else that is important that is going on in your life. And the reason is because actually what you are doing here not just about what you're doing, it's about who you are being. It's about showing up as a different version of yourself in the life that you currently live. So yes, it may be that there are phases of your life that you double down on, on your weight loss journey to learn new things. But actually, you also have the option of just showing up in your life as it is right now, no matter what you've got going on, whether that's a ton of social occasions or some pretty challenging things going on, you still have the option of just showing up as that person who takes care of herself by eating in a considered way. You can always be making very small changes, taking baby steps that don't take any more time, don't take you away from your other life priorities. 
that can be done even in the most challenging times of our life. Okay, the last one, number five, you keep telling yourself you'll do it, but somehow you're just not. And I can totally relate to this one too. Whether you're in the place of not consciously putting, like losing weight off, you're kind of believing that you are doing it because you're paying some attention, you're willing to do it today for your next meal, your next shop, the next week, whatever it is. But at the same time, you're also just kind of not doing it. You're kind of half doing it. Or maybe you are focusing on eating you know, meals that aligned with the weight loss results you want to create. But actually in between those meals, you're kind of grabbing a little bite of this or a little snack here and there, maybe a little bit absent-mindedly. It all seems innocent enough because each little extra eat, of course, it doesn't make a big difference. It doesn't make any difference in the big scale of things. But somehow you're kind of stuck half doing it or thinking you're doing it, but you're not actually losing weight. And if this is you, I urge you to see, I urge you to sort of pause and get really honest with yourself and see that actually you're not doing it. You think you're doing it, but you're not doing it. To move forward from being in this place, first get really clear on exactly what and how you're eating by writing down for three weeks or to a week everything that you eat. You're likely are not having full awareness of all of the extra bites of food that you are having. So write everything down on paper. Think of it as data. Be careful not to judge yourself or have negative thoughts about how you're eating because you'll be more likely to change your behavior. And that's not what we're doing here. We want the raw data of how you're eating so that you can use it to help you plan for how you want to move forward. Okay, so that will get you started with that. And I just want you to know that all of the things I've mentioned here, all of the things that we've covered here, all of the reasons you're not doing it, we dig into and help you with in the Lose Weight Live Life Academy. So enrollment is closed right now, but please do pop along to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash enroll and register to get on the waiting list. Okay, so just to recap, the reasons why you're not doing it could look like you not being clear on what it, in inverted commas, is, you thinking unknowingly or knowingly that doing it is going to feel too hard or difficult, you thinking that doing it is easier and feels better than not doing it, you not believing you can do it, and conversely, you believing that you are doing it, okay, um, or maybe not having a sense of urgency to do it right now, but it's just kind of not happening. I would love to know which of these, and it could be more than one, resonate for you. If you want to, do come and find me on Instagram. I'm at Claire McKenzie UK. That's C-L-A-I-R-M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-U-K. All, all one sort of word. And yeah, and let me know which of these resonates with you. I would love to hear from you. Thanks so much for being here and listening and take care. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honoured to have you join the Lose Weight Live Life Academy membership and coach with me. The programme offers different levels of support to suit you, including self-paced learning, twice-weekly calls, private coaching, an amazingly caring community and lots more. Find out all the details about when and how you can join at www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching.